The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. everyone, it's Michelle Williams. Today we're going to talk about relationships, romantic relationships and purpose. This may be a loaded topic for some of you and I know that I have some words to share on this and I've got some questions. I want to share a quote with you to start off the podcast. The art of love is God at work through you. It's really something to strive for. But why is that so hard to keep in mind when you're in a relationship? Romantic relationships can be some of the most beautiful times in a person's life, but also the most trying. I'm not going to lie. Listen, I can do about eight podcasts on that. So my personal message on today's themes of romantic relationships, man, do the work. My next guest has written New York Times bestselling books on matters of the heart, and he's going to share his knowledge coming up on Checking In with Michelle Williams. You guys, I want to introduce to you guys somebody so special. He's incredible and he's like a brother to me. A force in media and entertainment, a leading authority on inspiration and an amazing speaker and writer on wellness and personal development. Devon Franklin, yes, he's an award-winning film producer, New York Times bestselling author and motivational speaker. Variety Magazine named him one of the top 10 producers to watch, and Oprah has called him a bona fide dynamo. Please welcome my guest, Devon Franklin. Yo, listen, I'm just, I am, yo, your brother, you don't need to introduce me to all that stuff. But- well, you know, I want to, you got to respect, some, sometimes, you know what, when people read off the things that you've done, mm-hmm. because you probably don't pay attention to that on a daily, you're no. walking it, you're living it, no, I don't. but it does make you sit and wonder like, wow, thank you, God. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oprah does call me that, but it matters, God, more what you call me. 
But it's nice that Oprah calls me that. that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Devon Franklin has been a brother. We have not talked in a while, but it does not stop anything. You already know the admiration that I have for you, that the world has for you as a man of God. And I don't know if that adds any pressure to you, um, but it seems like you really do walk what you talk about. And I know that you're going to give us some gems on how to do that and how to navigate temptation, how to navigate something that you want now, but delaying it for the better later. So I'm excited to talk to you today. I'm always excited to talk with you. It's always good to see you. Listen, and one of these days, and maybe at some points in this conversation, we can chat about even, I might add some personal experience or just, you know, some things that have happened with me that you definitely attempted to coach me on. (laughs) I tried. But yeah, yeah. All right, right. you got to give it to learning, so it's okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, Devon, everybody knows that you are a married man and a great husband. Now, I don't know that you're a great husband. I'm not married to you, but my good sister, Megan Good, is married to you. And she just, first of all, it goes to show how the wife speaks of her husband. Mm. And we need to hear the point of view of a Christian man. But at the end of the day, Without the label of Christian, do you feel that all men are the same and have the same needs? Well, in 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 the day to day life, I mean, no, needs are different. But in terms of, you know, is there a general uh, are there general things that men struggle with or that men want? I do think there are some general things. But then I think those general things take a specific shape depending on that particular, um, you know, man. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that to say all men have the exact same need may be a, too much of a generalization. OK, I do believe that, you know, most men have some, you know, some consistent needs that yes, then specifically get met differently. OK, OK, because the question that well, the statement was we need to hear the point of view of a Christian man and get some really good advice on matters of the heart. But I was just wondering, OK, the point of view of a Christian man versus just the point of view of a man. Well, always, yeah. yep, go, no, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, I, I mean, I'm, yes, that is probably a little bit different. Right. Because if you're saying, you know, as a man who is a follower of Christ and committed to a life of Christ, that does lead to some slightly different commitments than probably a man who's not walking that walk or hasn't made that commitment yet. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In your book, The Truth About Men, you reveal what men are all about. Now, I love sitting, talking to men about men. And I don't know if everybody is ready to really hear the uh-huh. men have to say about relationships, about women. I remember a few yeah. weeks ago, my brother had the nerve to tell my mom he didn't like something about her hair because the textures didn't match. The weave and her hair texture didn't match. And I was like, oh, my God, how many men walk around looking at stuff like that? But I'm so glad my brother was able to share 
what I the hairstyle was cute, but he was right. like, yeah, them textures don't quite match. They ain't doing it. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, I am eager to learn about things that men think, but they probably don't say. A lot of men, I believe, have tact and believe, well, I ain't going to say that. I don't know her like that. But I'm eager to get into the mind of a man. And I'm excited for you to tell us what are some of the things we women should know. That's general and broad. <laughs> but come on on in. Um, you know, look, I'll just jump in and, you know, go on. direct. Um, what should women know? In my experience, um, I've been a man for 42 years now. Um, on, you know, one of the things that I think sometimes women miss is that every man, and this is a generalization, is, is on a mission to fulfill their their purpose, their calling, like, and it's like, for most men that I know, it's an obsession, right? Like, we are just here, you know, I mean, I know it is for me, like, I'm like, oh, man, you know, I'm here to fulfill this mission, complete what I'm supposed to do. Uh, and so, you know, early on um, in my, in my, you know, journey to manhood, uh, there was a book that I read, and it said, you know, the two most important questions that every man has to ask themselves is one, where are you going? And two, who are you taking with you? And, and I think that what happens with it, you know, and again, this is generalizing, but you know, what happens with women in my experience when it comes to dating is if you don't like where that man is going, don't hold his hand and go. Because what happens is a woman in my experience sees a man, oh, and they love where he's going and that attracts them initially. And then all of a sudden they get with him and they want the man to say, wait, hey, wait, come, slow down. Don't go so fast. Come back. Come up, come over here. Mm. And the man's like, but no, 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 no. I, I no. Come with me. Let's go. Let's go. We can do this together. But like, you want me to slow down and like, but the thing that got you attracted to me was me being focused and me being determined and having a mission. And then now that I'm with you, right, all of a sudden you want me to slow down or turn my eye from the mission and turn it towards you. Mm. Now, I want you to, to, I want you to look at this for a minute. So, mm. so let's just say, right. As a, as a man, I'm going towards where God would have me to go, right? So then I get with a woman, you know, and, oh, she loves me. I love her. But let's say she's saying, no, no, I need to, I need to be your focus. So, so instead of your mission being your focus, I need to be your focus. Now, now look at this. If I'm going like this, and this is the, this is the, uh, the destination, I'm yeah. walking towards it. I can see it. I'm clear, Right. Now, what happens if I turn towards my partner mm. and I try to go there? It doesn't work as well. No. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. 
In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. Listen up. I've got a quick message for any black entrepreneurs who are planning on opening a store or who want to grow their business. If this describes you, let me share some info about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of six million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 million black businesses initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Do you think women do? Oh, well, I don't want to get in trouble by saying this. Lord <laughs> Jesus. Be, you, you know, I sang the song Independent Women, but I didn't sing a song about an insecure woman. Do okay. you think that when you're insecure, you're telling the man, no, focus on me, because maybe does she feel left out if he's focused? Okay. It's like, no, he's not. He's holding your hand while he's. Right. So so this is this is this is a great, great question. And I want to unpack it. So, you know, the reason why I brought that point about, you know, where are you going and do you like where this man is going? And if you do and you all can both both go together. Right. So she's following her purpose and what God's called her to do. He's following her, his purpose and what God's called him to do. And you guys are holding hands and you're doing it together. Right. That's where the rhythm and the harmony is. And that's where the power is. It's but good. when you want him to slow down or if he's saying, hey, I need you to slow down or I don't want you to do the things that you want to do or I don't want. Then that's when you realize, wait a minute, there's something off here. And I think one of the things that, that in my experience, uh, I want I want women to understand is that a man committed to his purpose. It has nothing to do with you, meaning like just because he's committed and puts a lot of time and energy and effort into what he's called to do. 
it's not like, oh, I'm, pu- I'm not putting that time into you, you know? And I think sometimes um, women make men make this false choice of, oh, you know, it's either what you do or it's me, mm-hmm. you know? And to me, when I have seen most men give the woman everything they want um, when it comes to attention and time is when they know and believe that the woman that is in their life is 1000% committed to their calling and when they are committed to where she's going. So in terms of insecurity, I don't think it's insecurity always that's driving that. Okay. Uh, I think you can be a very secure woman and still want a certain level of attention and still want a certain level of, 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 of consideration. But I think the trap is looking at what a man is called to do as the problem to why you are not getting the attention you may want. If your man is not giving you the attention you want, don't create the reason why. Just deal with that. Hey, okay. I have a need for more attention. You know, here's what I would like. And let the man tell you, yeah, I can do that or I can't. Okay. But, when, but when I think this is where women, women just mess up and I'm generalizing. Come on, help us. Do not make what he's called to do the obstacle to your relationship. Because Save. the moment, the moment that happens, you start to lose your man. Mm. And the same way, if you're a man and, and, and you are making what your woman is called to do an obstacle to your relationship, you're going to lose her. Yeah. Because she has to feel completely committed uh, to what she's called to do. And she has to feel supported in that the same way a man has to feel supported. Absolutely. So I think what happens is that it, there's a difference in expectation. You know, my next book is called Live Free. It's all about managing expectations and learning and and unspoken expectations are a relationship killer because what happens, you get into this relationship and you think this person, just because they love you, that they know they don't. Yeah. Unless you communicate, here's my need. Here's my expectation for attention. Can you meet that expectation Mm. and let the person that you're with tell you, yes, you know what? I can do that. Or, you know what? They look, I love you, but I can't do that. I can't do it. Like if you expect me to be home every single night at seven o'clock and I have certain type of career, but I can't do that. And too often in relationships, there's these unspoken expectations. And then we get mad at somebody when they don't meet what we never verbalize or ask them if they can meet. And then we want to know why things don't work. Yeah. So again, long answer to your question, but it's not always insecurity at play. A lot of times there's an unspoken expectation that's really underneath uh, uh, the issue. Man, and then I want to get to the root of why do those things go unspoken? I know for me, there are times I didn't speak up in a situation because I didn't want that man to feel like I questioned his leadership. So I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to come across as nagging. But those are things in my because uh, I remember my dad hated if my mother asked him to do something or she spoke something. Oh, you're just nagging. You're just nagging. <laughs> it's like, no, there is an actual leak under the sink. She wants right, you to fix right. it. Right, you know, we're right, going right. to be drowning in this house, you right. know? And so just to know that it is okay to speak your expectations. What is a turn off in how it's spoken or what is a turn off? Tone. It's all about the tone. Okay. Period. Okay. It's uh, it's not necessarily the male, but it's how the male is delivered. And uh, I do believe that most men have a desire to be respected in that respect. And I want to be clear about this. Respect me enough to tell me the truth. That's good. And also respect me enough to treat me and talk to me in the same way you would want to be talked to. 
So when you talk about tone, it's about, you know what? I still got, I, I have to speak my truth, right? Like I cannot, cause see, there's a difference between being supportive and being passive. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and, and be supportive, but don't be passive. Don't be passive. Because, because as a woman, if you make the exchange that you think you have to exchange your voice to keep your relationship, like that's the exchange. If I speak up too much, he's going to, to leave or it's going to be a problem. Yeah. That's a false choice. Yeah. It's not about speaking up to me. It's about how you do it, okay. you know, and it's about really assessing, all right, what really is my issue here? And let me just make sure that I'm articulating it in a way that uh, it, it makes good on the respect that I have. Like, I want to make sure my intent is coming across and how I communicate. I do okay. respect my man and I have something I need to say. And here's the other thing. What I, here's a small practical tip. Write it down. You know, okay. you, you may read it to him or you may say, hey, I, once I wrote it down, I was able to get my thoughts clear. But if you are not sure how to deliver the right tone, when you write it down, it really helps you get calm and clear on what it is you're trying to say. But mm. to me, it's, it's respect. Um, and I, you know, Megan and I, like, I don't, I always love her to tell me the truth, you know, but when we've had, you know, certain disagreements, a lot of, sometimes it's with tone. I'm like, well, Hey baby, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Nope. I love you. Wait a minute. <laughs> that, that was a little aggressive. I'm just a little aggressive. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and here's the other thing. Sometimes, you know, listen, you're, you're one of the you know greatest singers in the world and you know that great singers have the ability to hear the note. Come right. on and make it plain. Yeah. Come on and paint it. Come on. But in relationships, sometimes we're tone deaf. You can't actually hear how you sound. So oh. you need your partner to say, hey, I understood what you said, but wait a minute. You were a little pitchy in that. <laughs> that was the way you the way you get the way you said that was a little pitchy. You know, like like I I, I love you enough to tell you that. I, but like I want to do what you're asking me, but yo, we gotta work on your pitch. That's so good because I've had somebody tell me, hey, if I could replay back how you said it, you would kind of be shocked. Yep. And he, I'm like, no, you're just tripping women, especially black women. You know, we come with a little extra seasoning <laughs> and how we say things. And, you know, because I'm like, I know I'm not the rolling of the neck and blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't do that. And I don't think my tone <laughs> Listen to me tumble someone. I don't think my tone, you know, is aggressive. I call it passion. <laughs> yes, you can be passionate, but and still respect. You, you know, think that you, we bring it down a few decibels? Just um, listen. I don't, I don't want to feel like I got to sing song. What I got to say, you know, honey, I was just thinking that, you know, I really didn't like when you didn't call me back when you said you would. How come I just can't say, hey, I really didn't like when you didn't call me back when you said you would. I, I OK, the great. But it's perfect. So there's a book um, that's phenomenal and I highly recommend everyone read it. It's called Nonviolent Communication. Nonviolent Communication. Nonviolent Communication. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so so there's nothing wrong with expressing how you feel. Mm. The issue sometimes is expressing it in a way that makes good on your intent. Mm. Are you expressing it as a weapon against your partner or are you expressing it as a way to produce more healing, more communication and more connection with your partner? Ooh, those two things, are you expressing it as a weapon so that right. means there are some inner hurts and some inner unmet needs that that person has to. 
Yes. Work through. Kind of get through. You Definitely. know what I mean? And I keep going back to unmet needs. I know at the top of 2019, you know, my engagement ended in 2018. And at top of 19, yep. 2019, I went to this retreat called Healing the Heart. And they began breaking down the 10, un, the 10 emotional needs that a child needs. And if they don't get those emotional needs met in their childhood, those symptoms begin to manifest in their adulthood throughout Jeez. your responses. Jeez. And I was like, I wish I knew this 20 years ago mm. because my responses, nonverbal or however I decided to respond would have been much different. And I wouldn't have had to pay thousands of dollars in therapy. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's Just good. Your, your responses, some of the root is, you didn't get affirmation. You didn't get attention. You didn't get respect. You didn't get security. Yeah. Um, just affection, you know, um, growing up. And so before you know it, you're using maybe some of those hurts that you're not healed from and don't even know you're not healed from them. And you're using something, like you said, as a weapon. Yes. And that's not safe. And you want to be a safe person. You know, I've heard somebody say, I can't make you trust me but I can create an atmosphere or the environment for, for sure. you to trust me for sure. and talk to me like you got some sense. <laughs> okay. And so while we're talking about this communication and somehow those, uh, those lack of communication skills cause conflict, when it comes to conflicts in relationships, what's worth fighting for? And when is it time to call it quits? Okay. And when it comes to conflict in relationship, what's worth fighting for? You know, I think love is worth fighting for, for sure. You know, I think that if there is uh, love in that relationship, then you owe it to both of you to yes, you know, fight to to keep that. Uh, I think freedom is worth fighting for. Um, you know, a relationship should not be feel like a prison sentence where you can never be free to be who you are. You know, if anything, you know, love in a relationship when it's the right type of dynamics should be the most freedom. Because you have somebody who's completely committed to you in every way and, and is supportive and loving. And so in a, the right relationship, both parties should feel incredibly free. So it's worth fighting for uh, your freedom. I think love and freedom are, are critical. Love and we and talk about, you know, when is it time to call it quits? Now, this is a really potentially complex question. Because... A lot of times in my experience, mm. and, and I talk about this in my new book called Live Free. When does it uh, come out? It comes out May 4th. May 4th. Amazing. Yeah. So it's available pre-order right now. Oh, um, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So so in the, this idea of like, okay, I'm going to call it quits. Why do people call it quits? Okay. I'm going to call it quits because this person is not making me happy. Let's pause. Okay. So inherent in that statement is I now have given the authority and control of my happiness to someone else. So how is it that someone who, even if they love me, they don't know me, I'm the only, me and God, the only one that really know me, right? But how is this person, how am I all of a sudden telling this person, it's your job to make me happy? Well, wait a minute, I don't even know what it takes to make myself happy and I want you to figure out what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. This is one of the things where most couples miss it. Because when you outsource your happiness to another individual, you're never gonna be happy. 
So the first thing is making sure that you are the keeper of your happiness. You are the one that is responsible for your happiness. Now, here's, here's the concept. The concept is that when people say, oh, you don't make me happy. Can you imagine if the person you were with in your relationship said, you don't make me money? I'm leaving you because you don't make me no money. Mm. People look at him crazy. What you talking about? That's not the responsibility to make you money. Wait, your wait, yeah, I'm, you're my pimp. No, I don't make you money. What in the world? But, but, think, but do you see how crazy that sounds? Yes. It sounds equally as crazy when you say you don't make me happy. Amazing. Come because on. it's not someone else's job to make money for you. You are supposed to support yourself. Go out there, make your own money. And then you bring that money to the relationship yeah. or you bring that money to the marriage. And then both parties have more because both are doing what they need to do to provide for the union. Mm. Happiness is the same way. So you got to do what makes you happy and find out, okay, well, what really makes me happy? Let me practice those things that create happiness in me so I can bring happiness to the relationship. So it's not when you are not happy, that is not always a sign to run because here's what happens. When we get into resistance in a relationship, our first response is usually flight. Absolutely. This person's not making me happy. You know, I don't like how I feel. I'm out. What happens? You need to run. It's easy. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to run. And guess what? You take yourself with you wherever you go. My Lord. The only consistency between you or myself and anyone who's dated different people is, is you. Yeah. That's it. And so if you don't, I, I encourage anyone listening to this right now. If you're in a difficult relationship, look at it as a mirror for the work that you need to do. To do. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm talking about something that's not abusive emotionally. Or Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about abuse. If you're in an abusive situation, get out now, please. But if you're in a situation where you're like, oh, I don't know, before you call it quits, ask the question, what is the work that I need to do on myself? Why, how is this relationship a mirror mm-hmm. to the work that I need to do? Because if I take on the challenge and do the work, and then it's like, hey, you know what? I can, from a good place, not a negative place, from a good place, I can say, you know what? This isn't the right fit, but I'm so glad I had this opportunity because I would have never done this work on myself. You know, we're just not going in the same direction. We're not like committed to the same things. We don't have the same values. But if I had never had the resistance, I would have never gone deeper in my walk with the Lord. I would have never gone, gone deeper into my own development. So I think before anyone calls it quits, they got to ask the question, what is the work I got to do? You know, and am I blaming someone for something that's my responsibility? And if the answer is yes, take your responsibility, do the thing that you need to do Mm -hmm. before you get out of that relationship. This is perfect because, you know, there are a lot of people that can say, Devon, I didn't see this modeled for me growing up. So I'm so glad that you guys are listening to this podcast Buy every single book. (laughs) <laughs> that Devon Franklin has follow him on Instagram, wherever you can go, because some people don't even know what questions to ask. There are men right now fighting for their marriages or relationships, women fighting for marriages and for their relationships. And I don't even think they know the questions to ask. They just know that there is conflict. They've never seen conflict resolution in yeah. their household, you know, and it's like, how can you do and be what you never saw. Mm-hmm. I agree. I understand that sentiment. It's one of those sentiments, though, that 
I caution anyone to use as an excuse to, of course. Never, yep. you to, know, to yeah. never become it, right? Because like, you know, my father died when I was nine years old. He died of a heart attack when he was 36. Um, you know, my mother, you know, single mother raised me and my older brother, my younger brother uh, by herself, obviously with some help from the family. But, you know, we were on welfare at times and, you know, lived in my with, with my grandparents and all of that. So I can't tell you that I had a model for a successful marriage or, mm. you know, a life in Hollywood or any of that. But even without the model, I still was like, that doesn't mean it can't be created. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to let what I didn't see in my life become an excuse to never become who I know I believe I can be and who God is calling me to be. And so even if you've never had that example, you can still use your mind and your imagination and use that. Say, oh, what's the picture you see? Oh, I want that and follow that. That's don't powerful. Allow, <laughs> don't allow what you see in your environment to be an excuse to not to go over what you see in your mind. That is so powerful. The mind and if you focus on that, it can transform. And before you know it, you are just, you're literally walking what you've <laughs> imagined, what Absolutely. you have seen in your mind. Absolutely. Now, as a teenager, let's talk about the mind and what you saw. Okay. You and Megan authored the book called The Weight. Yeah. And it was essentially about celibacy. Mm-hmm. Now, did you see yourself at 18 being celibate? Well, that's a great question. Did I see myself? <laughs> you know, it was weird because, I mean, I was raised in the church, you know, and, you know, I was like, oh, so celibacy was something that was talked about. But as I mentioned in the book and have talked about before, you know, that no one really talked about how to do it. It was just that, hey, you know. Do it, you're going to hell. That's it. Right, right. There it is. And, and having second before marriage is wrong. That's all we ever heard. Mm-hmm. So I had that awareness. So at 18 years old, by that point in time, I'd already lost my virginity and had a it was in a, a relationship and me yes, and my sir. girlfriend, you know, were that was my senior year, and so I was still a late bloomer. I, mean, I didn't lose my virginity until my senior year of high school because so much of this commitment to be celibate was like a big part of my upbringing. When I was not celibate, you know, it was always a struggle because I was like, oh man, you know, is this what God wants for me? Da, da, da. So at 18 years old, it wasn't that I didn't see myself as celibate; I just wasn't. You know, was it? Um, and I wasn't at that time, I wasn't exactly sure if and when I was going to pick back up that commitment. And I didn't pick back up the commitment until like 22, 23. Okay. The final season of Power Book Two Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough. 
But these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that has spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palbociclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. What do you tell the person that's like, Yo, I've been out here reckless, wilding out. I done done too much to talk about being celibate. How do you uh, encourage them? Because it's like, if you're having that thought, a part of me wonders, I think you, are you wanting to be celibate? Do you want to know what it's like? Maybe you get some healing on that journey. It's, it's kind of like that person that says, I got to wait to clean myself up before I go to church. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I would say a couple of things, but the first thing that comes to mind is uh, to that person, that was then, this is now. Mm. make that your mantra because what happens is that we use what happened in the past as an excuse to disqualify us for the future Mm -hmm. you know what yeah that may have been then last night you may have you know had the best sex of your life but today you're deciding you know what i I I can't do that anymore yeah so that was then this is now do not think that your past disqualifies you for anything in your future it doesn't unless you allow it to do that. So someone is really wondering, well, I've you know, been doing this and what difference does it make? And I, I can never be, no, that was then, this is now. Yeah. Here's the other thing. In my experience, the, the number one thing that would cause someone to consider celibacy is pain. That's good. Pain. When you have endured consistent emotional pain because of your sexual choices, And, you know, that's Mm. the only thing in my experience, the main driver, practically, spiritually, you know, a commitment to God certainly can get you there. But practically, yeah, if you're not even thinking about God and you're just like, hey, I want to get it. When you've endured enough pain, you will be forced to think about another way. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that everybody who has sex outside of marriage experiences that pain. There are certain people who uh, walk the celibate life, those who don't and, and judge not let she be judged. So I don't you know, pass judgment on anybody. Everybody has to walk their journey in this life according to how they have to ultimately answer to God, mm-hmm. no matter what. So I don't judge anybody. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what would compel someone to want to be celibate, right? In my experience, it's when you have given your heart, your body, and your mind to someone, and then you realize that they didn't want everything you gave them. They only want what you could give them physically. That reality can be so demoralizing 
Yes. That you say there's got to be a better way. Mm-hmm. And when we wrote The Way, you know, we had no idea it would go all around the world. And, you know, so many people have read that book and they talk about how healing it has been yes. for them because of so much of the pain they've endured, you know, through a wide variety of, of sexual choices. And so, you know, I think when I talk about The Way, you know, I want to be clear, like the walk of celibacy to me is not, there's nothing wrong with sex. Sex is great. God made it. It's all good. You know, it's just sex is incredibly powerful. And I think growing up, we aren't really taught how to harness and use the power of sex at all. You know, either we're taught to avoid it or embrace it, but not like, hey, here's how you navigate Mm -hmm. your sexuality in a way that's healthy. And so I do think that, you know, as someone's trying to navigate this, I think the main question is, okay, is this helping me or hurting me? You know, is this, is this healing me or is this inflicting more pain? Mm. And here's the other thing, you know, Michelle, like, I'm just going to be honest. If, if I was single, like, the, here's the crazy thing. In my experience, you know, talking to, you know, a lot of men and women that are dating, I ask somebody, I say, hey, so you just, you didn't date a dude for a month or you've been dating a girl for a month. Would you give him your phone and give him the code? They'd be like, no, I'm going to get an only a month, but you've already given him your body. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. So what's in the phone? is more valuable than what's in your heart, what's in your body. Mm. Come on. Now, listen, you may choose that that's what you want to do, but I'm saying, please choose it from a place of trust. If you don't trust them with your phone, don't trust them with your body. But think about it logically. That needs to be on a T-shirt. I don't trust you with my phone, so I don't trust you with my body. No. No, and until until I feel completely comfortable giving you my phone and my code, I am not giving you my body. Well, listen, there was a question talking about some how long are we supposed to wait before having sex in a relationship? I kind of already know the answer to that. <laughs> but now it's, baby, until I can yeah. trust you with my phone. Yeah. And even then, you know, there are a lot of people look, I'm not, God don't get into no folks business, but it's like sometimes too, I don't care if we're married, you still not getting the code to my phone. (laughs) I might have a a surprise for you that I'm working on and I don't want you to get. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, You know, look, my my belief, I listen, I'm a firm believer, as you know, you know, waiting until marriage, however, somebody doesn't make that choice. I, I always recommend please let sex come out of love and, and, and trust and, you know, and care. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, please. I mean, I, yes, that's, that, that's why it was created. And, you know, look, if someone chooses not to wait, that's between them and God and the person they choose to do it with. Um, but I think that when there's so much, just, it's so casual, you know, it's just, it's literally like being on the road and you driving and you're not following no speed limit. You just drive however you want to drive. You're going to hit something. It is literally it's 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 reckless. And I know we've unpacked so much um, in the amount of minutes that we have. And I know I could talk to you for 40 more minutes, but that's (laughs) not what we can do today. But I loved how the weight definitely centers on celibacy. Right. But you talk about mastering delaying gratification because that can help you in the areas of finance, family relationships, your goals and careers. So can we just unpack that a little bit that celibacy? Yes, of course, we know what celibacy as abstaining, you know, from sex. But how did you use that or did it just come automatically where you discovered, wait a minute, I'm thinking clearer yeah. on every area of my life. Yeah. Great. So I'm going to tether it to this concept of my new book to answer this question. So live free. Me, when I live free, it means I'm not 
under the control or authority mentally, Uh physically, or emotionally of anyone or anything. So when we talk about delayed gratification, what happens is we live in a, in a, in a time where everybody wants things instantly, uh, Instagram and microwave this and think about, right. If, Mm. if our Wi-Fi is off for 10 seconds, if we go to a website and it doesn't load in five seconds, we're like, what's wrong with the Wi-Fi? What's wrong with my phone? (sighs) You know? Mm-hmm. So what happens when we bring that attitude and that impatience into our life? We don't live free. That's good. We are completely a prisoner of whatever's happening in the moment. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about delayed gratification, what we say is, I'm going to be patient, right? Because good things come to those who wait. Matter of fact, great yes. things come to those who wait. You know, and, and I know so many people from around the world come to you and say, oh, you know, I want to be a singer and all this. You know, think about how much time. You had to wait and be patient and not just go for the first opportunity, but wait for the right opportunity. And, and so what you're doing while you're waiting. That's right. That's right. That's right. So when we talk about waiting and, and, and delay gratification, mm-hmm. it's way bigger than sex. If you can, if you can master delayed gratification, you can set your whole life up for the best success ever. Because when you are patient and you say, you know what, I'm not going to get there immediately but I will get there eventually. Mm-hmm. It allows you to live free in the moment because you're not in anxiety. You're not in frustration. You're not in worry. You're not in doubt. You're in trust. You're in faith. Yeah. So you're, even in your career, you're like, you know what? I know who I am. I know my skills and I might be in a job that I don't like, but it's all right. I may not be where I want to be, but I know where I'm going to be. That's, That's so what the land gratification does. It means I don't have to be gratified right now. I'm going to get a down payment. I'm going to actually, matter of fact, I'm going to do an advance on the gratification I want. I'm going to take an advance on that and get it now. Mm. I'm going to be happy in this moment because here's the reality. If I'm not happy now, I won't be happy then. Whatever the then is for you or me, if I don't practice that happiness now. And so delayed gratification allows me to practice being content, happy, and peaceful in the moment without having whatever it is I'm aspiring for. I promise if anybody listening to this gets this, your life will completely change because you go from being controlled by to being in control, Mm. controlled by your thoughts, controlled by your desires, controlled by, you know, other people's expectations of you. When you live free and you practice the delayed gratification, now you get your control back. You get your power. Yeah. I'm not going to let what I don't have make me feel less than. Listen, I feel more than right now. And whenever I get what it is I want, it will I will only have been practicing what I wanted to feel when I get it. So the object of getting it doesn't make me feel any other way than I always was feeling. This is, in a nutshell, the power of delayed gratification. My gosh. Listen, I've seen Devon minister in Bible <laughs> study at Ascend in L.A. And I literally feel like I'm finna cry. I feel the Holy Spirit. What am I doing? <laughs> this is supposed to be a podcast. But I'm like, wait a minute now, Holy Spirit. Now, wait a minute. They're not supposed to know. Uh, but I do feel that. And I feel that I feel like waiting also says that you trust God. Yes. And um, there is a walk um, about you. There is a glow about a person. And I definitely see that in you and Megan. And mm-hmm. how have y'all been coping with each other in this pandemic? Yeah, you know, listen, the pandemic has been good in, in all ways, right? Like, 
you know, we've been coping by, you know, a lot of conversations and, yes, sir. you know, because we've been um, apart, you know, so much. And so this past year is, is has her so- cooking. Did she, she started cooking. Did yeah, she-, she started cooking. Yes, she did. Come on, <laughs> I started baking, you know, um, you know, so we had, we've been, that part has been great, but also like every couple, I think the pandemic mm. has really been um, an incredible mirror because a lot of times as couples, when you're busy, you run past the mirror. Ooh, my only mirror has been these cream cheese brownies. <laughs> I don't got nobody to mirror with. <laughs> That's all right. In moderation, as long as it's in moderation. Listen. You know, I mean, listen. but it's been good. I mean, I can't, I cannot lie. It's been good. And we've gotten a lot out of it, uh, you know, personally, emotionally, spiritually, and collectively. Listen. That is so good. Well, I just thank you so much for sharing on this podcast today. You always are informative. You uplift. You are practical and fun. And just thank you. Y'all, one of my favorite quotes by Devon, I feel like I'm supposed to put a tag on there. Dr. Devon, minister. Nah, you better not. Master (laughs) Devon, something. I just feel like I ain't supposed to be calling you just Devon. But one of the things that you've said, and I want to share this with you guys, you say anything you pray for, you need to prepare for. And that's what I'm also feeling again um, for this podcast, waiting, not complicating relationships, learning how to communicate, getting control of our responses and just saying things in love, monitoring our tones, (laughs) (laughs) You know, don't be pitchy um, in your communication um, with each other. Because when you love somebody, I pray that it comes out in how you treat them and what you say. Devon, thank you so much. Is there one last thing you want to leave us and then we can sign off? Yeah, you know, like uh, this life is short. So you got to really enjoy it. You know, I just hope anyone listening right now just really finds their peace. Mm. And find what makes them, you know, tick and happy and, and fight for that. It's worth yeah. fighting for. You are worth fighting for. And never compromise that. Y'all, that is so good. Devon, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, you guys. You know, almost after every podcast, I think the reason why I cry tears of joy is because I am just constantly making sure that I'm intentional about being in a state of gratitude. But I don't know if a lot of you guys know Devon Franklin and Megan Good, they were on an episode of a reality show that I had with my ex-fiance. And um, from that, I know I carried so much shame of that relationship ending. But on today, I feel on this podcast that I got a whole nother dose of healing. So if there's anybody out there that is watching, if you feel like, hey, you felt guilty or carried shame for being sexually active before marriage, or you feel like you're not worth love, that you're not worth a faithful spouse, a faithful partner. Honey, yes, you are. And you will wait until that person comes that you desire. You do not have to settle. You do not have to compromise. And I'm going to say that back for myself. I do not have to settle and I do not have to compromise. As Devon Franklin said, what has happened in the past is in the past. You could have been a hooker last night. 
You could have been just reckless and cussing somebody out. And then today you make the decision that you want to lead and live a better life. You are absolutely entitled to that. I know Devon said he's got a book coming out called Live Free on May 4th. I encourage you guys to get it. Follow him on all of his social media platforms and get free and get strengthened. Um, the Bible speaks about, you know, there is no more condemnation, meaning you don't have to carry any shame or guilt when you make the decision to say, okay, I'm going to live this thing out for real. I'm going to submit my life to God. I'm going to submit my body to God and I'm going to wait. Now that is a hard commitment to make, but I know that it can be done. Y'all, I love you guys so much and keep letting me know how this podcast is enriching your life and strengthening you. Thank y'all once again for checking in with Michelle Williams. You have been hanging out with Michelle Williams and Devon Franklin. Checking in with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas, and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at High the Number Five Casino.com. High Five Casino.